Hey there. In this edition of Build Your Tribe, we're going to talk about network marketing, some things you need to know before you join, and some of the reasons I think network marketing gets a bad rap and maybe deservedly so, but I also think in many cases, undeservedly so. Let's do it. Okay, first, a full disclosure and and actually just some transparency. Because I'm often asked by people, so are you a coach with Beachbody? Beachbody is a network marketing organization. So to give you full context of this, it wasn't a network marketing organization when I originally partnered with Beachbody. So this is, gosh, 2004, (laughs) so long ago now, it's so crazy, that I got my first infomercial deal, and that was with a company at the time known as Beachbody. Beachbody at that time was doing direct-to-consumer marketing on TV, infomercials pretty much only. And many years into the development of their company, they realized a lot of customers were becoming the spokespeople, if you will, for their products. Someone loses weight, people habitually will ask, how did you do it? And they would say, I did it with this program, or I did it drinking these shakes, or I did it in combination with fitness and nutrition through this company. They realized that direct marketing on television was getting more and more expensive, and it was more effective when people weren't hearing from the advertiser, but they're hearing from their friends. Like, this is how I did it. This is the program. And so they were looked at, and I'm speaking Now I'm paraphrasing or I'm summarizing what I saw on my end of things. And so I don't know if this is how they would describe getting into the network marketing business, but what I essentially experienced was they were looking around at other network marketing companies. They were looking at the fact that most of their best testimonials were referring a ton of business to them. And they thought like, rather than giving the money to advertisers and to television programs and marketing agencies, let's create a system where we could actually pay the people who are using these programs and give them a percentage of it or set up a system where they would be compensated for it. So I know that they looked at other network marketing organizations to set up a compensation plan and build a business model that would reward the people who were using the programs. At that time, my programs were featured with Beachbody. Due to the fact that it would be considered a conflict of interest, if I were to also then become a distributor, myself and the other trainers were obviously not permitted to become trainers. But I did have to agree to allow my programs to be sold by the distributors, if you will. Completely different pay structure, completely different percentage for me, et cetera, much, much smaller. But I liked the idea because I'm like, that's really cool because all these people are talking about the program and why shouldn't they be compensated. So I love that idea. We carefully considered it. We had our attorneys review the compensation plan and we agreed to have our programming in the offerings that distributors, some people call them coaches, distributors, reps for network marketing organizations. So we agreed to have our products in their product line. However, We did not recommend it to other people because I just didn't know enough about network marketing. And I'm really super careful about recommending anything unless I'm really done my research and I have been a part of it or I know firsthand that something's going to be in someone's benefit. And we just didn't know. So for the first year, we didn't tell anyone or didn't suggest to anyone to, you know, join the organization. We just wanted to sit back and watch, frankly. Personally, my own 
experience with network marketing was, you know, in college, I went to a few Mary Kay parties that friends had. That's another network marketing organization. I spent many years living in Grand Rapids, Michigan, which is the home of Amway. So I always knew people whose parents were in Amway, which is also network marketing. And then when I was at Michigan State for just like a couple of months, I sold knives door to door, which I didn't know was network marketing. I had no idea it was network marketing. I just applied for a job. I showed up. They said, you're hired. And then I got trained by someone on how to present this set of knives. And I think I had to buy yeah, yeah, I had to buy my sets of knives and I don't know, I did that for a couple of months. I sold it to a couple of friends and family members, neighbors, and I, I think I went out and knocked on doors, you know, all of probably two weeks. Not an extensive history, that's for sure. But what I did think was pretty cool about it was how they had one specific way of training everyone. There's almost kind of like a script and then you could make it your own, but the script was kind of like proven. And I definitely learned a lot from that. Like, even though it was such a short period of time that I did it, it was Cutco knives, which, by the way, the best freaking knives on the planet. Right now, I'm recording this. We're staying at an Airbnb, and Brett and I just last night said the one thing that we miss the most from home is our knives. I still have the same Cutco knives. This is like an ad now for Cutco knives. I still have the same Cutco knives that I bought in college, and that's been like, what, 30 plus years now? They're insane. And they haven't changed, like they're same style, like they're amazing. Anyways, so I learned a lot about business systems in those few short weeks that I was with Cutco. I learned how to teach and train a group of individuals so that they could go out and do the absolute best possible presentation represent the company in a way that you know you were proud of, that you had your signature on, but also to allow those people to be themselves and to insert their own personality, et cetera. And so many years later, when Brett and I founded our company, Powder Blue Productions, it was a fitness certification company where we trained women and some men how to teach individuals who wanted to be fitness professionals. They were certifying fitness professionals. And so I really did think a lot about how they had systematized the training, how it was structured, how they kind of helped us to memorize the points that really were impactful and important when you were delivering a presentation. And because these trainings for fitness professionals were often two days long, eight hours a day, you know, we had to teach them how to be captivating, how to be engaging, how to keep people's interest and attention, but also how to help people master the format that they would be teaching and to do so in a way that was safe and fun and effective. So I really did tap into a lot of the things that I learned through that organization. So I, w I was always kind of a fan of the idea of giving people something to sell that they were really passionate about, taking out the guesswork for them. Like, so for example, with the Cutco knives, I didn't have to manufacture anything. I didn't have to invent anything. I didn't have to figure out how to market. Like it was all done for me. All I had to do was invest in the knives. Fast forward several years, then Beachbody says, okay, we're doing this thing. They roll out the network marketing organization. And after a year of watching, we saw people like doing really well. And it seemed, seemed like so much more legit than so many of the other companies I saw out there that were selling potions and lotions and pills and, you know, I don't know. It just felt like uh, it's fitness. Hello, this is what I've been doing for the last 20 years. Like we've got all these 
people who were formerly in Powder Blue Productions, our company, we've then sold that company to Beachbody. And it just seemed like a natural transition to say to these people who we cared very much about, like, hey, by the way, you can make a heck of a lot more money doing this than you ever did with us. And it's pretty much the same thing, but a different pay structure. So that's the first thing as I want to say is I think network marketing organizations often get this really bad reputation that like, you know, most people don't make any money. That's true. You know, the majority of people are not going to be killing it. But guess what? The majority of people who go into used car sales are not going to kill it. The majority of people who start any business or franchise are not going to kill it. In fact, 50% of businesses will fail within the first five years, 50%. And that's pretty consistent with the statistics that you look at in terms of earnings when it comes to network marketing. But for whatever reason, people point to this all the time and you see these documentaries now that are on TV and they really just bash network marketing. And so I just want to preface this by saying, before we go much further, it's just like anything. There are really horrible, evil, disgusting doctors out there. And there are doctors who save lives, who are moral, who are caring, who are empathetic, who have incredible bedside manner. There are businesses out there that take care of their customers, who do it the right way, who do it morally and ethically, and they're doing it for the right reason, and they're barely making money. And there are businesses out there that are screwing over their customers, who are greedy and money hungry and could care less about the ethics of things. So I just think it's really important to keep those things in perspective. There are good and bad examples of anything you can think of, whether it's parents or businesses or marriages or professionals. I personally believe one of the reasons why network marketing, MLMs, whatever you want to call them, some people call them pyramid schemes, but the reason I personally believe, kind of as I'm, I would consider myself an outsider, but also an insider. And I say that because I help a lot of people who are in network marketing organizations. I'm going to say that because that's something that makes me fair game. You might think to yourself, well, of course you're going to be have a positive take on network marketing because those companies often hire you to speak for them, Shaleen. That's true. Some of them do or have, or I will often work with network marketing companies to teach them how to do social media. But the reason why I like doing that is because I think a lot of the companies, especially the people at the top, they train people in such a way that it gives them such a bad reputation. It gives you a bad name. Some of the tactics and the methodologies that they teach their distributors to do, I'm like, why? Why are you doing that? That's so lame. It's so inauthentic. It's so cheesy. It's so salesy. And it's not working. And it's giving everybody else a bad name. If these companies would just look at the people who are at the, like the top, top, you know, like the true solid, hardcore, best leaders, not all, but the majority of them. And, you know, I've probably worked now with 20 different network marketing companies, almost unequivocally, the people who are doing the best in these companies are doing it the right way, just like anyone else would in business. They're not being salesy. They're not pushing it down people's throats. They're not lying. They're not showing off their wealth. Now, there's always exceptions. Trust me, there are exceptions. And unfortunately, those are the exceptions are the people who tend to give others in the industry a bad name. And those exceptions, I think, are the people who are, are doing, you know, those are the same people who would 
If they owned a dry cleaning business, they would give dry cleaning businesses a bad name. If they were doctors or lawyers, they would give lawyers a bad name or doctors a bad name. I just think it reveals who you are. But why is it, if you go on YouTube, if you look on Instagram or on TikTok, there's just like this huge movement of, quote, anti-MLM people. And they are folks who almost every instance, they were in a network marketing organization. I, I mean, I haven't seen too many where the expert or the person talking on it wasn't or isn't a former network marketing professional, or at least you know someone who, who spent some time in it. And that's interesting because it's almost like they've got out of it. So they definitely have a different perspective on it. Many of them feel like it's very cult-like, that there are these rituals and expectations and these beliefs that you have to subscribe to and language that you have to use, and that there's a look that certain team members have. So if there's a network marketing organization, just pick any name, right? Like just random beauty company. They have distributors. And your upline is the person who invited you to become a part of this organization. In order to make money in network marketing, you have to do a combination of things. Number one, you've got to sell product. And you can't just sell product to people who are already distributors. That is a pyramid scheme. And I'm not a lawyer, but, you know, technically speaking, in order to stay out of trouble, in order to be a legitimate business, you have to bring on people who are interested in the business. In other words, signing up new distributors and you need to sell product. And those distributors that you bring on also need to sell product and they need to sell a percentage of that product. I don't know what percentage it is, but a percentage of it needs to go to just general consumers, people who are not yet distributors. So that you're creating an ecosystem outside of the distributors. Again, your upline is the person who brought you in or introduced you to the business. So you are technically what they call, you are below that person or you are their downline. Now, it is not uncommon for really successful leaders to create a sense of community. And that's where many of these folks, once they leave that community, that team, they can become very bitter, or maybe it's they've just opened up their eyes to it. Because I'm telling you, I've seen both. I've seen these leaders who seem like cult leaders, no joke. Like they make all, I don't know if they make them, but they influence their downline to start looking like them and dressing like them and using the same filters and talking the same way and wearing the same clothes and living the same life. It's really strange. And I've also seen incredible leaders, many of whom we've had on this show, who completely discourage that. Like, you got to be you. You know, nobody wants a cheap clone of me. Like, be you. Like, and really empower people to do that. And then there's those individuals who join a network marketing, frankly, not because they're, they want the money, not because they want to build a business, but because they want to belong because it's the first time in their lives where they felt like they were a part of something and they can really get hurt because they've gone into it for the wrong reason. They've gone into it to belong. They've gone into it because it makes them feel important or significant to be associated with their upline. And their upline often has, you know, a more notable personality. Maybe they're more of a public figure. They've got a bigger following. Maybe they're well-known within the organization. So there's this, quote, celebrity status within that organization. And then people sign on because they want to be close to that person. That stuff's a little weird. 
I admit, I think that is the kind of thing you really need to be careful of. And I also think that is why many network marketing organizations get a bad rap because sometimes you see like all these people who join, again, for the wrong reasons, and they're not going to be successful. You can't start a business because you want to be seen as more important if that's your motivation. If your motivation is to be associated with somebody and that's why you've started a business, everyone's going to fail. I don't care what, pick a business. All those people are going to fail. So part of the reason might be because it attracts those who want to belong. And think about it. There's no other business opportunity that you can start for basically nothing. Because many of these companies, you have very little startup costs. Or let's just say under $1,000. Like what business can you start for under $1,000? I mean, not many. I mean, you can, but most people, if they're going to do that, you've got to have some chutzpah. You've got to have a following or a passion or understand that it's going to take some time for you to build a website and to figure out what it is you're going to sell or what it is, how you're going to market it, all these things. Most people don't have that type of entrepreneurial background. So to have it like all laid out for them, paint by number, you don't have to do anything. Just sign here on the dotted line. We've already got a website built for you. You don't have to develop product or test or import anything. Here's the product line. Many of these companies do not require you to carry any inventory. So then you're allowed to start a business and become part of this boss babe community. Now I'm picking on that term, that phrase, that ideology. But again, I'm explaining why I think there's this onslaught of negative press or negative social media around network marketing. And again, some of it is incredibly valid, but I also want to point out the fact that that's not everybody. There are incredibly successful people who are going to avoid that really needy individual who wants to join the team just to be close to you. They're going to avoid them like the plague because they're in it for the right reasons. Okay, so let me share with you one example or scenario. And again, I don't know why I have to keep saying this, but this isn't all people. This isn't everyone who joins or leaves a network marketing organization. But if you've joined because you are that type of personality and you feel all the love because some of these leaders can really like love bomb you and they're going to pour into you because they want you to do well. They want you to succeed. They want you to succeed because it helps them to succeed. And I don't think there's anything bad about that. I mean, I hear sometimes these anti-MLM people, they'll say, the only reason why they're being nice to you and kind to you and dedicating their time with you is because they make money if you succeed. Well, I mean, how is that different from a head basketball coach? How is that different from your boss at the plant? How is that different from your manager at the insurance company? You know what I mean? Like that's what managers do. They pour into their people because all ships rise. But if you're dealing with a personality type who has misconstrued that and believes that there's a true friendship there, but as time goes on and this individual isn't successful and they start getting less and less love and attention from their upline, well, you can see how then it can feel very much like rejection. And they can become jaded and they can leave the organization, leave the organization. And then, you know, if somebody points out to you like, oh, all of these things, by the way, doesn't this look like a cult? Everyone started dressing the same way. Well, yeah, maybe they did. But did the upline tell you you had to do that? Or did you start dressing and looking like them because you were obsessed with them? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what came first, the chicken or the egg. 
Instagram is its own beast. It is so huge. It's like five platforms in one. How do we take a platform that changes almost every week and help people? The answer is we need to create a membership site. And that's exactly what we did. We created a club, a membership portal, a place for people like you who want to know just specifically about Instagram. Maybe you showed up on the platform a little after everybody else did, and you feel so behind the eight ball. Or maybe you love Instagram, it's your jam, but you just don't have the time to read the case studies and to constantly be figuring out how the algorithm is changing. Like you literally need someone to do all of that research for you. You need a place where you can log in, you can type your query, and a tutorial that has been filmed within the last couple of weeks pops up that teaches you exactly how to do it. Brock and I will be going live inside the Insta Club Hub. This is a membership site that is going to blow your mind if you're trying to reach more people, the right kind of people, like real, live, targeted followers, the kind of people who want to do business with you, and you want to do that on Instagram, you want to take advantage of the Instagram algorithm, Insta Club Hub is for you, and you're going to be blown away. To learn more, go to instaclubhub.com. That's instaclubhub.com. And of course, there's a clickable link in our show notes to make it really simple for you. I did just watch an anti, and I shouldn't do this, but I did. I just watched an anti-MLM YouTube video, and they were kind of like breaking down a I guess you call like a team meeting or a live where they had a bunch of individuals from the same team on the, you know, camera, like they were doing like a live, I don't know, Instagram or something. And yeah, every single one of the women looked exactly the same. She all had the same hair color. They all talked the same, same mannerisms. They were using the same language. They all said that they had, quote, retired their husbands. That phrase, I just don't like that phrase. It just rubs me the wrong way. I think it's so disrespectful. I'd have a fit if I heard a a man say, you know, once we got married, I retired my wife. I don't know. It just sounds so weird. Or I hear people say, yeah, we brought my wife home from work or we brought my husband home from work. I'm like, it sounds so strange. Like, I don't know. It just rubs me the wrong way. I think it's disrespectful. I think it doesn't say the whole story. And I think it sounds like the other person didn't have any choice. You like wrapped them up like a baby. You swaddled them and like carried them home in a baby Bjorn. Like It's just weird. I don't like it. But anyways, so this group of women, they were all, you could just tell. Frankly, I look at body language. You could tell that they were obsessed with their upline, that they were just looking so adoringly at her and they were just showering her with praise and giving her all the credit. And this leader was fine with them giving her all the credit and letting them heap mounds and mounds of praise on her without turning it back on them and saying like, hey, no, you did the work. And that to me is just a sign of a poor leader. And you're going to find poor leaders in every industry. But... Network marketing, what was formerly known as network marketing, is now often called social marketing, which means that in order for people to be successful, which is true, uber successful in an MLM, multi-level marketing organization, they have to do social marketing. So they've really become social marketers, but I'm a social marketer too, and I teach people how to do social marketing. The difference is, if I were teaching all of my students how to market what it is I sell, then I would be giving them scripts, right? 
just like I did with Cutco, or just as I learned with Cutco, I learned like how to present things and in what order and what kind of words really motivated people and how to ask the right questions to figure out what people needed. So if I was teaching people how to market what I sell, I would be giving them my language and you can see how people would start to probably look and sound very similar. And so then when this is happening and it's magnified by social media, it's magnified by Instagram and YouTube and TikTok, and you have these people who, many of whom, sorry, were never cut out to be entrepreneurs. So they are very much doing the copycat thing, which is a fine way to get started. That's how most all of us started. We all started by imitating someone, by thinking of someone who was doing what we wanted to do and going like, okay, it's imposter syndrome. I can pretend I'm a podcaster. I can pretend I'm a fitness professional. I can pretend I'm fill in the blank. And that's how most of us get started. But it's magnified when you have all these people, a successful downline, who's learning from one person, their upline, and you have this group of individuals who probably again, majority, not all, but majority, had never trained to be entrepreneurs, didn't go to school for entrepreneurship, haven't taken business courses or social media marketing courses. They're learning and training and mentoring with their upline. And it's just very natural to start to look and sound like them and to adopt their personality traits, the way they dress, the way they speak. And with some of these leaders, it's very intentional, but with many of it, it's not. I know this to be true because when Brett and I owned Powder Blue Productions, you know, we had to train our presenters how to, how to appeal to a broad audience, how to speak in front of people in small town USA and, and then how that, to make that translate when you were in the big city and, and how to speak to someone who had an incredible amount of experience and was sitting there as a skeptic in your room and you're teaching them how to, to teach kickboxing. And at the same time, to captivate the attention of the person who was brand new and, and scared and nervous and didn't feel like they belonged there. So we taught them so many things and how body language impacts that and word choice, how they dressed, how they carried themselves, how they treated people. The perception that they created when they walked into a club, how they were to interact with the managers and the people who they were scheduling their events with, et cetera. So there's a lot of training that went into that. And I remember someone saying to me like, oh, you can totally tell that that person works for Shaleen because they all wear the same clothes that she wears, which by the way, we'd also started a clothing company, right? Like a, an apparel company. So yeah, we wanted them decked out in our clothing because that's what they were selling when they were doing these live training. So yeah, that was kind of weird. Like suddenly we were all dressed the same, you know, and you just, you hang out with these groups of women and and men and we all had similar interests. And it's just like your friend group, you start going like, oh, your hair is so cute. Who does it? And then we were often accused of having presenters who look like cookie cutters. It was never my intention. We always try to bring a diverse group together and audition them all shapes. Literally, I never, ever, ever would exclude someone because they were quote unquote, not the normal fitness body. I didn't care about that at all. I wanted personalities. Here was my, the thing that really mattered to me. I wanted people who made others feel a certain way. We would specifically recruit those individuals who like had a gift, a knack, for seeing other people, for having empathy, for really being great connectors. But it was 
uncomfortable when people would say like, you know, all your presenters look alike. And I look around, I'm like, they do. What happened? You know, we thought we had hired this like super diverse group, but we'd all come together and, you know, you put everybody in the same clothes because that's what you're selling and you teach them all to use the same script because that's what works the best. And they all get along and they're all friends. And, you know, I'm seen as their leader and it did happen. People, I remember thinking like, this is weird. Everyone is wearing their hat the same way that I am. Everybody is wearing the same hairstyle. This is a little weird. Like I remember thinking that. So there's definitely a part of me when I look at network marketing and I see certain organizations where that's happening and I can see both sides of it. I can see the leader who's like, I didn't intend for this to happen, but it's like just a strong personality who's attracted a certain type of personality and they haven't told people to, hey, I want you to start looking and dressing like me. It's just happened. And we all know that there are those leaders who are actually trying to do that. And I think that, again, is one of the reasons why it's really easy for people to make this connection like, oh, it's like a cult. That's like anything could be like a cult. A church could be like a cult. You know, I think we throw this term around a little too loosely today, and I I think that's sad. But here's what I do think you need to be aware of when you're thinking about joining a network marketing organization. Why are you going into it? Are you prepared to do what it takes to be in business? And by that, I mean, are you willing to do all the work yourself? Because it's going to require a major investment of your time and possibly your money because all businesses do. And if you're talking to someone about joining their organization, they're telling you that it's not going to take much time or much effort on your part. You can just do this part-time, just a few hours a week and you know, being as successful as this person driving the white Bentley, run the other way because that person's not being honest with you. It's no different from any other business, which means a very small percentage of people are actually going to make money. That's just a fact. So you have to ask yourself, do you have what it takes? Do you have the persistence? Do you have the hunger? Do you have the desire to learn on your own and and figure out how to do this on your own? Because again, there is no upline when you start a business. I didn't have an upline to start Team Johnson or to start a podcast or any of these things. What I had was... Google and the internet, and I could sign up for courses and I could learn everything I needed to know about digital marketing. And I continue to educate myself. But I always say, when I hear someone say like, oh, network marketing didn't work for me because my upline was horrible. My upline did this and this and this and that. That's somebody who was never going to be successful in business anyways, because they think somebody else is responsible for that. You know, so if, if you're going into it thinking like, this is going to be great because so-and-so is going to do all this for me and they're already successful and they're going to train me, you're probably not in the right mindset. And to me, that's a pretty big warning sign that you're, it's not the right thing for you. Many companies make it almost impossible for you to purchase their products without signing up to become a distributor. But I I would suggest if if it's at all possible, you want to, if you're considering doing network marketing, because I think it's a great viable option if you do it the right way. I would say you have to fall in love with the product. And there should be a reason why you fall in love with the product. Like, Falling in love with somebody's pre-workout energy drink, unless that's like a major problem that you have, like you've never had energy for your workouts and you've tried all these different drinks. Okay, that makes sense. But for most people, the reason why you should consider signing up for a company is because you so vehemently believe that something they offer solved or something that was a real problem for you. So if it's at all possible, start by 
falling in love with the product and then know everything about it because once you put your stamp of approval on it, then it's your reputation that's at stake. I hear so many people who just regurgitate the spiel that they learned from their upline, but they haven't done any research themselves. And so they're just regurgitating these claims about the superiority of their products when if they looked just a little further, they would find out that some of the ingredients are pretty suspect, or maybe the CEO is suspect. Like you need to look at the CEO. You need to look at the CEO of any company you invest in, whether it's Apple or Amazon or the network marketing company that you're looking at. Learn everything you can about the CEO. And that's not easy to do today because as I said, it's one of the most popular ways to gain popularity on YouTube or TikTok is by creating an anti-fill-in-the-blank network marketing video. So you're going to see a lot of bashing videos. And I don't know that they're all fair. Some of them are fair, but a lot of them are are pretty one-sided. I would talk to people who are in it, people who have left. I would do your own intel. I would watch live recordings of that person and see if any of your radar or red flags go off. I would never join an organization based on income claims because that's like saying, I mean, think about it. There are people in the fitness industry who will make less than $10,000 this year (laughs) full-time. I'm not joking. And there are people in the fitness industry who are making millions. So you can't go into something thinking that the highest income claim is likely to come to fruition for you. I think it's important to look at the compensation plan and to understand the compensation plan, see if it makes sense for you, see if it fits for you to understand that, you know, again, most people who start any kind of business, whether it's social marketing, network marketing, or a bagel shop, 50% of people are going to lose money. That's just a fact. This is my personal opinion. And I'm sure there are lots of people out there who would disagree, but I don't think you join a business opportunity because it means you're going to have friends and community. If that happens as a byproduct, awesome. But I think if you go into it for that reason, you're going to be sadly disappointed because when it's over, because it will be at some point, at some point you are probably not going to be with that organization. And if that means now you've lost this connection to people who you thought were your friends, and I'm sure there's a difference between being work friends and being true lifelong friends. And I think people get really confused by that. And frankly, there are those who who prey on people who are looking for that connection. And that's wrong, in my opinion. Because more often than not, if you leave that organization, you'll probably be alienated. Like, it's not as bad as Scientology, but like, you know, what you had in common, you might not have in common anymore. I mean, I can only speak for myself. Again, this is just, you know, one person's experience, but... I have plenty of friends who are killing it, like obviously millionaires doing network marketing. And I also have girls in my very tight knit group of friends who also started off in network marketing, but then they left, but we're all still just as close because the friendships were there before any of them got into network marketing. I think where people get into trouble is when they form a friendship and it's, it's work related, right? It's not that those people like drop you like a hot potato because you're no longer 
you know, in their network organization. But like, how many people do you still hang out with from that one office job that you had for six months? You know what I'm saying? Like, I just think we overgeneralize and we can demonize these opportunities because people do get hurt. But you are going to get hurt if you're going to go into things for the wrong reason. So if you're considering social marketing as maybe an additional stream of income, or maybe you're thinking this could be your primary source of income, again, start by falling in love with the product. Then do your due diligence, like understand every ingredient, or maybe it's not a, a something that's consumable, but understand what it is they sell and what the competition sells and understand what makes this special to be offered through this company. Because there are many companies who sell, like, let's just give an example, like protein powder or legal services. Why is it better to buy it through this route versus just direct to consumer? Understand that because that can tell you a little bit about the future of this opportunity. I think it's also important to note that, you know, it's not truly your own business, you will likely have to start your own business or an LLC or, or form some type of business entity. But at the end of the day, if you sign up with a network marketing organization and that company folds, you know, your income's gone. I've had friends who were with a company called Advocare making tens of thousands of dollars a month as distributors. And then Advocare, I think they gave them like 60 days notice, sent everyone an email that said, oh, by the way, we are dissolving the network marketing side of our business, and now we're just going to sell direct to consumers. And all those people were SOL. Like literally, they went from making tens of thousands of dollars per month, some of them per week, to zero. And that can happen. Now, that doesn't happen when you have your own business, but that's just a risk that you have to keep in mind. The same way that Anyone who had a business has to look at the risks of a shortage to the supply chain or the risk of being sued or the risk of going bankrupt. Like there's always risk in business. But 20 million Americans currently are involved with a MLM, network marketing or social marketing company in some way, shape or form. My next piece of advice to you would be to carefully consider your upline. Is this someone who truly wants people to be their own individuals who are authentic and who've set up a system to help their downline be successful? Do they have ample training available to you? And again, you can't just rely on that because I know so many people who are uber successful in network marketing and their upline was MIA from the beginning, just missing in action from the beginning. And those individuals, what they do is they find virtual uplines. There are incredible people out there like Ray Higdon or Bob Helig, John and Nadia Melton, Eric Worre. I mean, there are a lot in their females that do this too. And these are all people who they train network marketers, but not specific to one organization. Like, so they train people who like maybe don't have an upline. That's important for you to know, like know how much time you want to devote to this, know that it's going to take time. This is not any different from any other business. It's going to take a lot of time and you don't want to go into this thinking that you are just going to be able to tap all of your friends and family members because you're going to drive them crazy. You really do have to understand how to use social media. In my opinion, again, I'm not an expert at this. There seems to be this trend happening, especially on YouTube and TikTok again, where you see people 
making these anti videos, these hate videos, etc. And I, I've been wondering to myself, like, why have these become so popular? Well, think about it. If you, for the same reason that the Leah Remini show on Scientology was very, very, very popular with anyone who felt like they were once a part of it. But to anyone who's still in the organization, they're like, oh, we're being misrepresented. This is so false, etc. I hate to make those cult analogies. But my point is, if the overwhelming majority of people who start any business are going to fail, that's just a fact, right? But if your business that you failed in, there was this this community of people who were able to say, like, it's not your fault, and you were the one that got victimized, uh, you know, you'd want to tune in and watch those videos too. So I understand the appeal, and I'm not saying one's right or wrong, but just go into this with an open mind and understand there's always two sides to the story. There's always good and bad in every industry. There's always risk associated. There are always people out there doing things morally, ethically, spiritually, and quietly the right way. So don't fall in love with the first flashy, loud, charismatic leader that you come across. Go slow, do your research, go into this with your eyes open, but understand it's a thousand percent up to you and you bet there's risk involved, but there's also incredible opportunity if you do things with the right people, the right way. I hope that was helpful. Again, this is all just my opinion, not an expert here, but I have been watching this and thinking it's pretty interesting. So I'd love to get your feelings on this. You know, we have a podcast group where we talk about this stuff. You can join it. It's called The Pod Squad. We also talk about The Shalene Show. So if you haven't tuned or subscribed, you want to subscribe there too. But Join the pod squad if this is something you'd like to get more feedback on. I'd love to hear from some of you who've been on one side or the other of this coin and see what your thoughts are. I'll put a link in our show notes to the pod squad, and I would love to invite you to join us there. You'll have to answer a few questions just to prove that you listen to the show. My name is pronounced Shalene. It rhymes with Celine. It sounds like shuh, as in shut the door. Shalene, Shalene. Everyone still says it wrong, and I'm not going to say it wrong because I don't want that to even get in your head, but it's Shalene. Rhymes with Celine. Starts with shuh, like shut the door. All right, enough about that. It is my goal to be brief, to be bright, to make it fun, and then be done. We are done. 